Living, best-selling author, personal trainer, and host of Give Me Strength, where we discuss the positives of living a stronger life physically and mentally with the hope to inspire you to do the same. Welcome to Give Me Strength. My guest today is Rory Bradshaw, who I came across online and just knew he'd be the most amazing guest for the podcast. Rory is a yoga teacher who supports the well-being of men across multiple wings at a UK prison by teaching in-person yoga classes and creating video and audio content that is broadcast directly into cells. Rory's ambition is that every member of the UK prison population will have access to yoga as a way of rehabilitating prisoners. Rory, welcome to Give Me Strength. How are you doing today? Hey, Alice, thanks for having me. I'm doing good. It's, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful sunny day in October. I'm so happy to have you on. When I came across your Instagram, I remember just thinking, wow, I didn't even know that teaching yoga in prisons was a thing. And it really piqued my interest because I am particularly interested in people that are kind of in the health and well-being space, but doing things a little bit differently, or maybe working with minoritized groups or, you know, kind of in that space. I think it really fascinates me and I'm and I'm really keen to get to know how you got into that. But I guess I wanted to start by asking you the first question, which is about something that I read on your website. So when I had a little look at you and I did by kind of prior research, I saw that you described yourself as not being your typical yoga teacher. And I'd love to cover why that is, you know, what is it about you that it, that is slightly different? I guess maybe your journey into yoga was atypical uh, and how you then choose to practice now might be a bit different. And I'd love to hear about kind of how you see yourself as being a little bit different to the norm or what we know to be the norm within yoga. I suppose that statement for me comes from the fact that I don't really see many other guys that look like me in the yoga space. I am increasingly so, like they are popping up and I love to see that. But I think certainly in London and in the West, yoga is continues to be kind of the realm of uh, women more, more than guys. And those guys that do practice it tend to, how can I say this? Uh, they tend to be quite sort of very slim build, um, maybe some some tribal tattoos going on and you know some some beads around the neck and stuff, and that is absolutely cool. But it's just not my, it's just not me. And so I think based on that, I came to yoga quite 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 late for someone who's tried a lot of different physical disciplines. And so I now am quite aware that. I represent quite a unique person who practices yoga and is kind of like a figure within the yoga space, particularly in, in London. And I love to see more guys who don't look like your Lululemon legging wearing hyper-flexible, very good-looking women practicing yoga. Does that make sense? I hear what you're saying. And I guess, yeah, we can sometimes get... Um you know, very swept up in this idea that you need to look a certain way to do a certain thing. You know, we have it across the fitness industry, you need to be toned and lean to be a, a personal trainer, you need to be flexible and um, thin and white to be a yoga teacher. Uh, you need to be incredibly supple if you're a Pilates teacher. Like I, I totally hear what you're saying. And I know what you mean about, you know, having diverse representation across these categories is so crucial, because we know that there is such a diverse body of people that could that, that then want to access these things. So, you know, if you see people People that look like you or that you know kind of um that you in some way feel a connection to it's going to help you to maybe 
you know, lean into that, whatever it is, way of training, way of exercising a little bit more. But I guess for me then, if if that is the case, how did you get into yoga? Like what was your journey? You know, if you didn't have someone that looked like you who was inspiring you to go down that route, what was it that then drew you in? Yeah, it, it definitely came to me. It's I was working at a community centre in South London and I was running the youth provision for that centre. And the main activity there was boxing and my role was to provide boxing and bike and youth club and music studio and all these different activities to young people in the local area and to kind of engage them in um, yeah, positive and constructive activities with a particular focus on young people that were maybe involved in crime or at risk of being involved in crime or were just facing some kind of extreme disadvantage such as through poverty or um, exclusion from school or whatever that might be. And so I was in this community space and I was working there um, five, six, seven days a week and it was really intense. And I was looking after myself in a variety of ways that you probably do as well. So moving a lot, uh, eating well, trying to sleep well, um, trying to stay connected to friends, all the, all the things that we know that we need as humans. Um, and yet it was still at times I found the work to be kind of overwhelmingly, uh, stressful. And I was aware that there were the overflows that happened at the community center every week and it was free to attend. But again, kind of like how I just described, like there just wasn't, there wasn't other guys going to it that much. Now and then there might be a guy I roped in after a boxing session to kind of go and roll up a mat at the, at the back of the room and uh, attempt to get into some of these mad poses. But overall, it was kind of the domain of um, a lot of the local women who, who would go to the class. And I saw the benefit they were all getting from it because I'd be working in the office next door to the overclass and I'd sort of speak to them afterwards and they'd have this kind of, you know, glazed look in their eyes and just feel so kind of uplifted by it. And I was like, okay, there's something in this. And then the, the teachers who were running it, they kept encouraging me to attend and saying, oh, you've got to try it, Roy, you'll, you think you'll really like it. And eventually I, I, I listened to them and I gave it a go. And at the end of that first yoga class that I ever did, um, I had a tear when I was rolling down my cheek. And I had felt, I felt not just more connected to my body physically and more open and, and stretched out, I suppose, but I just felt far more aligned emotionally and aware of how I was feeling. And it's that kind of mental and emotional benefit that I got from it, which is what initially uh, drew me into yoga. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I'm not a, a regularly practicing yogi, but when I do do it, I, I definitely know that sense of kind of like that deep connection and synchronicity between breath, body, spirit in a way. And I think that when you first try yoga, you can often go in and think, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do, you know, what the next person's doing, where they've got their leg above their head or their head touching the floor. And I think the more you practice, the more you realize it's so much less about that and so much more about going inwards rather than looking outwards. I think as an ex-dancer, I've been in many a yoga class where I've spent my entire class competing with the girl next to me being like, oh, I can get my leg a bit higher. I can, you know, I can touch my hand a bit lower on my, you know, whatever it is. But actually, that meant that the entire class, I was actually quite distracted mentally. And actually, when you realize that the true practice is sort of about, about going in and being able to, again, like you said, develop that kind of 
connection between brain, body, breath, uh, you realize that it's much less about what everyone else is doing. And I think that's a good metaphor for life, really. Um, so on that, I guess, you know, you tried your first yoga class. How do you then go from being a total novice, trying your first yoga class, responding to it well, to then teaching yoga in prisons? So I started to go regularly to this class every week. And I began to speak to the teacher, uh, or the teachers that were offering it. And I then got the opportunity to trained to be a teacher about I think within about a year later on a scholarship with uh, Hot Pod Yoga which is a yoga studio in London and I know it yeah it's, it's, it's great it's um it's a great kind of introduction to yoga Hot Pods and it's uh, again leaves you with that kind of freeing feeling you can get at the end of the class where you've sweated and moved and you've breathed and you've meditated and then you can go and have a cold shower and whatever you've been experiencing before that class, it's like a reset and it's, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. And so I had the opportunity to kind of just gradually over that year get into yoga more and try different styles out. I started going to different classes and I was basically being mentored by these two wonderful women who offer the community yoga classes at the center where I was working. And so I was learning about not just the uh, physical practice of yoga, but the spiritual elements, the philosophical elements, the his- history of it, and so on. And so my understanding of it was kind of accelerated compared to if I had just come across it myself without that guidance. Um, at the same time, like it is, I, I think it is still quite quick to train to become a teacher um, after having practiced for just a year. And I think what helped me was firstly that I had a quite a strong physical background of doing various um, calisthenics and body weight training disciplines. So I had a very good understanding of the, the body, of my body, how it moved. And I had also been doing breathing exercises and mindfulness meditation for some time before that, all of which is kind of uh, either inspired by or connected to elements of the yoga discipline. So I kind of took to it um, fairly quickly but I'm not going to lie, when I, when I was first asked to do that yoga teacher training, I was like, no, <laughs> like, one, I'm too busy, and two, I'm, I'm not in a position to become a teacher. However, the, the kind of carrot from dangling from the stick that was, that was offered to me was, um, well, Rory, we think you'd be great uh, helping us teach, teach yoga in, in the prison where we offer this as part of a, a program to the men. And for then, then for me, it was a bit of a no-brainer because... Over all of my career, I had been doing youth and community work um, and always within that, whether I was working in schools or people referral units or community centers or with charities, a common thread amongst all of it had been using, and yoga is not a sport, but it's a, there are, it is very much a physical discipline in many ways. I'd use physical things to develop the people I was working with so that whether it was boxing whether it was taking young people to the gym whether it was like organizing football matches whatever it was I'd seen the ability of like having a physical discipline in your life a kind of movement practice how that can benefit you and so then working with all these young people and adults in the community I knew who also in and out of prison I knew that okay well I've had this experience with yoga I'm very confident that that can offer a huge benefit to the, to the guys that are already experiencing it through this yoga program there. Um, and then I got the chance to go in and observe some classes and it was so clear the benefit that I thought, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll give this, 
my best shot. And it, it doesn't doesn't mean I was confident, you know, in my ability, but it means I was willing to have a go for sure. Incredible. And I think that, you know, I, I'm I'm genuinely I'm really interested about your kind of background as well in working in, in that that area because I think that it's just, you know, depressingly underserved in this country that the access to youth programs and youth centers, particularly in more deprived areas, is declining. Uh, and I think that people like yourself are more of a rarity, unfortunately. You know, even when I remember growing up, my local youth centre closed down like pretty quickly. As soon as I think I turned 12, I went to like the last roller disco and that was it, gone. <laughs> so I just think that it, 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 that, it, that we know that they have such a role in society and in, and in crime prevention and in, you know, having hugely positive outcomes and yet... Um, are something that is unfortunately, as with many things in this country, being massively underfunded, massively underserved and kind of are steadily declining, which is really depressing. And we can maybe come on to that a little bit later. But I think that one of the things that I'm genuinely so interested to understand is this kind of, I guess, in my eyes, difficulty of of trying to encourage those who are in prison to connect to yoga. When I was thinking about this interview and I was thinking about, you know, some of the questions that I wanted to ask you, I guess one of the biggest ones around was around this challenge of the representation of yoga. You know, we've kind of discussed previously about how it's like breath and body and it's often, you know, represented with women in tight, lo- tight lycra. And I guess for you as someone that's going into a prison, I'm genuinely fascinated by how you overcome that first hurdle of come to my yoga class, you know, and I think that it would be great to hear how you go about maybe having those conversations or, or leading that kind of, I, I don't want to call it a marketing pitch, but you know, that pitch to, to people to try and get them to come along with the hope of there being a benefit. And I think the other thing on that point is, you know, my only experience of prisons is what I've seen in TV and in film. So it's probably hugely different to the reality. But we know that things like maybe weight training or doing, you know, um, some kind of like more, I'm going to put quote unquote, masculine types of training are probably more popular. So I'm just so interested by how you shift that mindset to say, come on, guys, this is going to be really good for you. Come along to yoga. You're absolutely right. It is a a pitch every time you go in. And the prisons I've been into are hyper-masculine environments. (laughs) I, I enjoy the challenge of trying to convince guys to try my yoga class because it's always a different response you get from guys. It's often quite funny, the interactions we have, but there's common themes, as you've described, of I'm not flexible, I'm not going to do yoga, or oh, there's gym, I'm going to go and do that and do some lift some weights. Uh, there's I thought yoga was just for girls. Unfortunately, there is also an association of yoga being for just for gay men, you know? And it's, it's all these kinds of basically what the guys are describing to me is a fear of being vulnerable. And so it's then just about having a kind of encouraging conversation with them to let them know that it's okay to just come and give it a go. It's not a pass fail situation. I give them the option as well to just lay on their mat and do absolutely nothing for that hour during the class if they want to. Or if they want to get involved and try some of the postures and the breathing, then that's cool too. Obviously, it's, it's hard to kind of deliver the richness of yoga within a short conversation and pitch. And sometimes you do have to be a bit savvy and say, you know, get to know the guy and learn that he's into kickboxing or football or whatever and talk about how the yoga is going to help him with that as well. And then what he might then discover having come to the class is actually it's going to help him in a whole bunch of other ways other than just the physical. So it, it is a challenge. And what also helps is consistency. So once once myself and then previously when I was um, 
working in the first prison I worked at, teaching yoga with, within a team of other yoga teachers, what would really help would be consistency. So offering the same classes at the same times every week, you then start to get regular people coming. And there's as much as I can try and convince someone, the most convincing person to convince a man to come to yoga class is another man in prison who's already been. And if he can describe it in a way which is going to connect with his cellmate or someone else on the wing, then uh, the, the chance of them coming is, is far higher. Yeah, I think like getting that buy-in is obviously the most important important thing. And if you can convince them to come once, then hopefully it becomes a more regular thing. Definitely have it up your sleeve. That even David Beckham does yoga. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after this. Welcome back to Give Me Strength. You know, on that, you're right. We, you know, we've spoken a lot across this conversation about how there are certain stereotypes within yoga and, you know, having to overcome those, particularly within a prison environment, must be really challenging. What would you say are, I guess, some of the more positive outcomes that you tend to see with people? You know, have you got any personal favorite breakthrough moments, stories, people that have come regularly that have particularly um, responded well to, to to your classes and have had like kind of good outcomes as a result? Just before I answer that, just going back to what you mentioned about stereotypes, I think I get, I get stereotyped when I go into prison as well. And I often get mistaken for a prisoner, both by staff and other prison guys. You know, I walk in sometimes and I'll, I'll be waiting on the wing for the guys to gather for class and another man will come up to me and, be, and you know, ask, ask me like, what, oh, what are you in for? Or how long have you been here? You know, things like that. And I said, oh, no, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a yoga teacher. And I said, oh, <laughs> and, uh, and I think because I, going back to how we started our conversation, because I'm, I also like going to the gym and doing martial arts and I have a build, which is probably not typically associated with the yogi then um, I think it, 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 that also plays to my advantage, convincing the guys to try it because they're often shocked when they start speaking to me and they realize I'm a yoga teacher um, and I'm not one of the, either a prisoner or one of the, the gym staff. And then in terms of the stories, there's so many. I was thinking about it. I went on a run before we, you and I spoke and I actually remembered one story I'd forgotten. And the stories kind of reflects both the, the beauty and the kind of despair that I feel each time I go in there. And it was, um, I was in, on one of the wings in the prison and I saw a familiar face. And that face was of a young person I'd worked with about six years previously uh, when he was 12, 13, 14. And now I was meeting him when he was 19 and doing his first prison sentence i used to run a uh, a mentoring group and discussion group and he was one of the standout young people within that group as highly highly intelligent for his age and full of so much potential but i would never be able to say with confidence what would become of anyone in that group based on the circumstances that they were growing up in and so to see him on the wing the way i was about to go and teach yoga was firstly very very nice to see him from a sort of personal level of like it's been so long and and great to see you but how sad that you're here you know um and yet i'm i'm not that surprised um based on the kind of systems that we are our society's currently operating but then he comes to class and he comes to what is his first yoga class and he finds it really uncomfortable to take his socks off <laughs> and 
He looks very uncertain. And I think the journey of him from the start of the craft through to the end of it is, is very common of most guys that come. Very uncertain. Eyes are looking around, much like how you described, looking at what the next person's doing on the mat. Easily distracted, not breathing, tight face, tight jaw, tension. And within a few flows, within a few movements, within about 10, 15 minutes, just I start to see him like easing into it a little bit more and basically starting to turn his attention inwards rather than outwards. And towards the end of the class then, he was completely kind of still in his shavasana, which is how most yoga classes end. Uh, kind of laying position where you just relax and kind of surrender yourself to to your mat. He was so still and motionless and kind of serene how he was just lying there. And to go from that kind of anxious first time in prison, high alert, hyper vigilant situation, an uncertain situation about doing this yoga class to then that, where we were then able to have a nice conversation afterwards and. Uh, talk about what his plans were for firstly navigating his sentence and then life beyond that and making positive changes. Um, it's that kind of journey of transition in terms of how the guys feel and how they're able to exist within themselves within that quite harsh environment is what's kind of most common to see within each show class. So lovely to hear. Just Just two things that came up for me then. Firstly, can you potentially just, I, I don't know if you're allowed to share this, but what category of prison is it that you're working in? So at the moment, I am setting up in a new prison. Uh, so the one that I, I taught in previously uh, was category B. And then I'm currently trying to set up in a new one. So you get uh, all kinds of sentence lengths and offences um, of the population in there. Interesting. And then just on that point that you just raised there about this kind of like journey that you see someone go through, not to sound negative about the situation, but I think that you know, I guess what I'd love to pinpoint is the role of yoga specifically in true rehabilitation. Um, I think that we know that repeat offenders make up a huge percentage of those spending time in our prisons. We know that when it comes to tackling rehabilitation, we are unbelievably poor um, at getting people to serve a sentence and then remain crime free for the, for, you know, for the rest of their lives. So I would love to hear, and, and you know, you, I said in the opening that one of your ambitions is to get yoga in in every prison to every prisoner, and I guess I'd love to hear your kind of elevator pitch on on where it really sits in that rehabilitation journey specifically. For me, yoga is a practice of self improvement and self betterment, and in its ability to through consistent practice, develop you into become a better version of yourself, then I it just seems obvious to me that having yoga in prisons as a vehicle to allow the people who go through that system to evolve into a better version, a more peaceful version of themselves than the person who committed whatever crime it was that ended them up in prison, it's it's a very obvious thing to to deliver. And I think if we, the system isn't working as it is because the reoffending rates are so high. And I think for me, when I think about what's important for my life and keeping me stable and helping me make good decisions every day, it's all rooted in like a foundation of well-being and good health. And that's both physical and mental. And I think yoga's ability to promote positive physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being, it's such a powerful way of developing a prison population 
which is going to emerge from those gates because the vast majority will emerge from those gates back in society and allow them to do so in a way where they're going to reintegrate and contribute to society in a far more positive way. Yeah, I, I, I can totally see it. And I think that just on that point, and I and I feel kind of bad to challenge you, but I know and I imagine that there might be some people who hear about your ambitions, who'd listen to that and say, I totally hear you there. Like I, I see why it's so important and I can see the value that it would add, but that it seems a little bit unfair that those who are in prison are being offered what some might describe as like a luxury for free whilst in prison and I guess what I'm trying to do as a kind of middleman is 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 ask you how you approach the more difficult conversations around things like fairness and you know why those in prison deserve it more than maybe those who are um in under from underprivileged backgrounds I mean I guess your your take is obviously going to be that everyone should be doing it but I guess I'd love to hear your answer to why you think those who have committed crimes who are in prison deserve um access to yoga and i'm not saying that i disagree with you by the way because i don't want it to sound like i don't think they do I, I i think it's brilliant but i know that as a challenging argument i think it's important to discuss the conversation around something like is it fair i don't believe that the guys in prison are necessarily all women that also receive yoga are more deserving than anyone else to, to have it i think everyone has deserves the right to have access to um, the tools to look after themselves and to have a healthy life. Whilst there's a broader question about what prisoners deserve, I think I I offer yoga in prison from a, coming from a place of compassion and with an understanding that it is the role of the criminal justice system to provide sentences and incarcerate these people for as long as they deem fit. And it's my intention to approach this population with compassion and an understanding that the vast majority of people who are incarcerated have experienced extreme trauma or disadvantage at some point in their life. And that is often the root cause of why they have ended up there. Um, the disproportionate amount of people who have been in foster care, for example, who end up in the criminal justice system is just one example of the way that the systems that already exist are not fair and which lead to some people being in those positions. And I've, I've, I've so rarely spoken to and had conversations with anyone inside prison where by the end of that conversation, regardless of what crime has been done, I've not had at least some understanding of why that was the case. And it's not at all to um, ignore victims or to sort of um, even forgive what, what, what took place. Um, whatever crime took place, but it's it, it's from it comes from a place of understanding that what's happened happened, and this is now an opportunity for this person to grow and become better and to make changes. And yoga is an opportunity for them to make positive changes. The alternative is the alternative argument kind of says that they should be left to rot and have the worst possible time in prison, and it's purely a punishment. I don't believe prison should be purely a punishment. And I'm in complete agreement with you, by the way. And I think that that was so brilliantly answered. And I think that in life, you know, not just in prison, but more generally, we all should have a little bit more compassion. And I understand that, you know, there is such a wider conversation around, uh, you know, reoffending, 
um, the criminal justice system, you know, it's almost too complex for us to go into today. But on specifically the conversation around yoga, I really valued your approach there and how you talked about that. And I think that leading with compassion is such a brilliant way to, to, to go about it. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, wrongs happen. And, you know, if we, we only have to look at the, the reoffending rate to know that we're clearly doing something wrong in prisons as is. So, you know, make change, suggest you know, more groundbreaking ways in which you can access people, work with them. And actually what I love is that you're coming at this from such an experienced perspective. You're not someone that's just kind of picked up yoga, fell in love with it and goes, oh no, I'm going to talk to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go into prisons and teach yoga. You know, your background in community work, in, in, in serving people in this space for such a long period of time and understanding, I think, and that's crucial, understanding the mechanics of what leads someone to commit a crime and, and the, the, the background and the context that goes into it, which is so important, that really makes you such a perfect candidate to then be able to be that person going in and saying, hang on a second, I know this has happened, but let me show you another way. Let me teach you how to maybe cope with some th- certain things better. You know, we also have to have a huge conversation around mental health when it comes to the people that occupy our prisons. You know, that is such a depressingly um, difficult uh, stat when you hear about how many people in prison are suffering from severe mental health issues. I mean, it's just awful. And again, yoga can be not the only tool, but one of the tools that can really help people in those positions. So I think that it's it's, it's really brilliant what you're doing. Uh, and I just want to say how grateful I am for your time today for explaining what you do and, and for really, I guess, being someone who is brave enough to do things differently. You're welcome. And thank you for, yeah, thank you for allowing me to share. And it's not always uh, an easy subject because it's often fraught with emotion. Uh, the people who have been impacted by, by crime on either side of it. And yeah, I, I, I subscribe to just exactly to what you just said. Um, and you're right. Yeah, this this was this is me teaching over in prison is not a kind of uh, an exciting little uh, passion project for me, but it's a result of you know all the work I've done um, since since I became an adult. And you know, even at the age of 20, 21, 22, I was volunteering in a prison in East London to mentor someone as they came up to their release. And I was working in the community with guys who were in and out and women who were in and out and working with the victims of crime and so on. And so I've, I do feel that I've come at it from a place of good understanding. Um, and I just, I, I passionately believe in its capacity to engender positive change for everybody, both within the, within the system and, and outside of it. Absolutely. Rory, thank you so much. We will put the links to your work and your website and and any other bits in the show notes. So if anyone wants to go and check Rory out, um, if anyone's interested in maybe engaging in some of his work, that would be brilliant. So we'll put all of that in the show notes if you want to have a little snoop um, and just go and check him out. Um, But thank you so much for your time today. Genuinely, I really appreciate it. It's so good to connect. And uh, yeah, I hope we can chat again in the future. Thanks so much, Alice. so much for listening i really hope you enjoyed that episode i would love it if you could take some time to rate review and follow the podcast as it really helps others to find it we have a new episode dropping each week so this will also ensure you don't miss out see you next time insanity group